0: Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, please visit www.vchurch316.org. God bless you. I will be speaking to us today on a yielded life. A yielded life. What is it about a yielded life? A yielded life is that life that is solely dedicated to God full commitment. It is either God or God. A life that has no other option but God. A life that despite all odds that would choose God daily. A life that would say, Father, even if it hurts, even if what I'm going through right now hurts, I choose you. A yielded life. A yielded life. And I want us to look at this example quickly. We're going to be going to um, the book of of Luke, Luke chapter 1 from verse 26. Please just follow me and I know God will help us. So Luke chapter 1 from verse 26. I'm using the Living Bible. It's a story we all know, the visitation of Mary. Okay, so it says the following month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin Mary, engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Congratulations, favored lady, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her. For God has decided to wonderfully bless you. Very soon now, you will become pregnant and have a baby boy. And you are to name him Jesus. He shall be very great and shall be called the Son of God. And the Lord shall give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he shall reign over Israel forever. His kingdom shall never end. Then Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And the power of God shall overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be utterly holy, the son of God. This was Mary. At the time this um, this event was happening, Mary was a teenager. Or let me just say she was a youth like you and I. And she was just living her life. I mean, she had a fiancé at the time. And then she had this visitation. Before then, I'm very sure Mary must have been hearing about the coming Messiah in the temple. Oh, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah that will save us and all of that. It never crossed her mind. Nor did it cross her parents' minds or her friends that Mary will be chosen to birth the Messiah. And then she had this visitation. First off, the greeting. She was confused. She was afraid. Many of us here, God has said certain things things to us. And we are puzzled. We are looking at ourselves. How will this thing be me? Me that I'm the last one. Me that I I, I didn't even go to school. Or me that in my family, they they don't even recognize me. She said, how can this be knowing that I'm a virgin? But the angel replied and said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. But before Mary got to that point, I'm very sure if we do a background study on Mary, she would would have been a dedicated teenager. She wasn't just an ordinary person. God wouldn't just wake up one morning and say, oh, I want to talk to Bumi. God has been watching Bumi. Bumi loves me. Bumi is passionate about me. Iyanu is passionate about me. So I can trust Iyanu with this assignment. Or I can trust Bumi with this assignment. If I give Bumi this assignment, Bumi will do it. And so she was afraid. And then God told her, do not be afraid. Because the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. So what is is it about a yielded life? A yielded life is a life of love, peace, commitment to God's assignment for you. There is no single soul here that is empty of purpose. You were not just created to be the last born. You were not just created to be the first born. You were not just created to be that system engineer or the fashion designer like those lovely ladies. And I'm so happy that, you know, the words that came out from their mouth add a foundation on God. So we are in a generation where a lot of things are being questioned. You are working hard. You are trying your best to make ends meet. But then... When you look at the results, are you satisfied? Don't you think something is missing? Don't you think something is missing? And while I was preparing, God just simply told me, I am looking for those people in this generation that will yield themselves to me. Those people that will allow me hold their hands and lead them in the way that they should go. Those people that will not rely on their own understanding. Those people Despite all Lord at all costs, will say to me, Yes, Lord, I am available. Sometimes it will look like God is truncating your destiny. Sometimes it will look like God is truncating your plan. Sometimes you don't understand it. But will you submit? Will you submit? What's the essence? I mean, you've been trying it all by yourself. You've been trying it all by yourself. So now this morning, I'm just here to simply remind us that God is ready. He says it's our year of the Holy Spirit. If you will want to see the demonstration, the unusual, you know, um, miraculous act of God in any generation, you will find a yielded vessel. So my question to you is: are you willing to yield yourself to God? Are you willing to submit yourself to God? Are you willing to pay the price so that you can get God at all costs? Before we continue, let me just quickly go through the dictionary meaning of yield so that it will help us a bit. So he says to yield means to give way, to allow another to pass first, to give as required, to surrender, to succumb to give oneself up, to be devoted or dedicated. And I wrote here in summary that to yield to God means to allow him be in total control of your life. It is him or him, no option B. There was Mary. She was enjoying her life. She had a fiance. I mean, every lady will be excited. He has proposed the ring and all of that. And then here comes this big assignment. How will I explain to people? that I am carrying the child of the Holy Spirit and I did not have any meeting with any man. That assignment is scary in its own self. The Messiah that everybody, generations have been waiting for, God comes to me and say, you from this village, from this lowly town, I'm going to use you and I'm going to give you the Messiah. But as a yielded vessel that she was, she said, I think that will be verse 38 or 39. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Another scripture I want us to quickly look at before, you know, we go further into other things. It's still about another Mary. I'm going somewhere. Please just follow me. It's still about another Mary. Let's go to the book of John. Um, John chapter sorry, a minute. Okay, John chapter 12 from verse 1. I'm going to use the TPT. Okay, so It says, six days before the Passover began, Jesus went back to Bethany, the town where he raised Lazarus from the dead. They had prepared a supper for Jesus. Martha served, and Lazarus and Mary were among those at the table. Martha served. Lazarus and Mary were among those at the table. Mary picked up an alabaster jar filled with nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume the purest extract of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet. Then she wiped them dry with her long hair, and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. But Judas, the locksmith, Simon's son, the betrayer, spoke up and said, What a waste! We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. In fact, Judas had no heart for the poor. He only said this because he was a thief and in charge of the money case so that he would steal money whenever he wanted from the funds. But where um, I want us to, the emphasis is on Mary, what she did. Now, Martha was serving or Martha was busy preparing what they would eat. But Mary knew what was most important. She was at the table. Let's hold that. Still about this Mary. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Okay, so it says, as Jesus and his disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the Master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. Then the Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by these many distractions? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. Mary has discovered the one most important thing to sit at my feet. She is not distracted, and I won't take it from her. A yielded life. What will the Lord demand for you from you that you cannot give to Him? The scripture we looked at in John chapter 10. It says that Mary got an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and used her hair. Another fashion said she used her hair to wipe his feet. But Martha, what Martha was doing was good. But it was not at the right time. When your life is yielded to God, it doesn't matter what every other person is doing. Your focus will be on the master. Total reverence to God. Total reverence to God. It might be a lonely journey. In fact, it will be a lonely journey. You might not have everybody on your side. But with God on your side, you will attain so many heights. Take, for example, um, um, Special, the fashion designer. It will get to a point, I can use her as an example because, I mean, I I know her to an extent. It will get to a point, if she continues to yield to her father, that people will begin to wonder, is it not clothes that this girl is sewing? Where did she see money to buy private jets because she wants to deliver a dress for probably Queen Elizabeth or something or whoever the new queen will be, right? They will be wondering, they will be looking for your source. They will not understand it. But special ready to pay the price, waiting at the feet of the master. Or we special look to social media and see what the trend is all about. Oh, everybody is doing um, fringe and one-off shoulder. Probably I should go with that trend. Or we she sit at the feet of the master and fellowship. You can't yield to God without fellowship, without intimacy. You will not understand it. If Mary was not somebody that was devoted to Jehovah, Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when she had that visitation, it would be very, very difficult For her to have said yes. If the other Mary in John and Luke, the scripture that we read, did not value fellowship with the master, she would have gone to join her sister in the kitchen. But God said, or Jesus said, Mary has discovered what is most important and I will not take it away from her. So what is most important? God is looking for a generation of worshipers that will not get distracted by the trends of times, but that will daily stay at his feet and fellowship. Because trust me, God wants to move. In that sphere of influence, he wants to move. But are you ready to yield? Are you ready to wait? Will you pay the price? It will cost you. Yes. It might cost you your time. It might cost you some friendships. But what is the goal? What is the goal? What is the goal? Oftentimes I've heard people complain. It's not that I don't love God. It's not that I don't want to serve God. But I don't know I'm trying my best. I just can't. I I don't just see myself doing it. I can't bring myself to pray. I can't bring myself to study. I can't bring myself to worship. It seems boring to me. Church is boring to me. Reading the Bible is boring to me, but I love God. (laughs) Thank you. Somebody said how. So I've been able to identify three reasons why people struggle to yield to God. The first one is ingenuity. You, You know, because, I mean, you cannot deceive yourself. You cannot deceive God, but you can deceive other people. You know in your heart of hearts that you're not serious about this work with God. You know that you have not solely said, Jesus, I hand over my life to you. You know that you're just coming to church because, I mean, it's Sunday and your mom is going to nag you. You know that you're not interested in this work with God. And then when someone is talking to you, you say, I don't know, I'm trying, I'm trying. You're not genuine. You're not ready. You don't desire it. And the Holy Spirit will never force Himself on you. It's only those that desire The Bible says, those that hunger and test for righteousness, He will feel. So if there's no hunger, cry toward the worship songs from now to tomorrow. There will be no growth. If there's no hunger for God, ingenuity. Another reason I figured out is fear. Like Jeremiah. When he heard the call from God, he said, sir, I am a youth. I am young. How will I be the one to deliver this message to the world? Fear. All the what ifs. What if it doesn't work? What if I didn't hear clearly? So all this while you went to school, I'm going to be a medical doctor. I'll travel abroad. You know, go for my, um, go to med school, you know, and all of that. And then in your place of prayer, you heard the word Go and gather, let me look for a ridiculous thing now, chewing sticks. Gather them in bundle and begin to advertise on your social media that you are selling chewing sticks. How many people will say yes, sir? Or you will come to your HOD, ma, I need prayers. Or sir, I need prayers. I want to be able to hear God clearly. I think there's something wrong with my hearing. Or whereas you have heard. Or I don't want, I, how, how, how do I chase the devil when I'm praying? There's a way he comes into my prayers to, to speak things that are not of God. Mm. Because it's not in line with what you have already planned. So it's not of God. what are you afraid of? We're going to look at this example um, in Zechariah. We'll look at this example. We'll take the third one. And, you know, I'll put this to a close and we're going to pray. So let's look at Zechariah chapter 4. Sorry, just give me a minute. Zechariah chapter 4. So, in this chapter, or before this chapter, God had instructed the people of Israel to rebuild the temple of God. And for some reason, there was an obstruction, or the work had come to an old, or a hold, sorry. So, chapter, um, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1. He said, the angel who had been talking with me woke me as though I had been asleep. Zechariah was in a vision. And he says, what do you see now, he asked. I answered, I see a gold lampstand holding seven lamps. And at the top, there is a reservoir for the olive oil that feeds the lamp. Please follow me. What do you see now, he asked. I answered, I see a gold lampstand holding seven lamps. And at the top, there is a reservoir for the olive oil that feeds the seven lamps, flowing into them through seven tubes. And I see two olive trees carved upon the lampstand, one on each side of the reservoir. What is it, sir? I asked. What does this mean? And the angel replied, don't you really know? No, sir, I said, I don't. Then he said, This is God's message to Zerubbabel. Before I read God's message to Zerubbabel, if you look at that vision, what the angel was basically telling Zerubbabel is that he should not be worried. He should not be afraid because his source does not have a channel where it can be stopped. He said, connected to the lampstand are seven tubes. I see a gold lampstand holding several lamps. And at the top, there is a reservoir of oil. That is where your source is. We are not alone. We are built on a foundation. And what's that foundation? Christ. And in Christ Jesus, there is a constant flow of power for you and I. There is a constant flow of grace for you and I. So if it is God's assignment, I don't need to be afraid. Why? Because there is a constant flow. And then this is the word this is God's message to Zerubbabel not by might not by power but by my spirit says the Lord almighty you will succeed because of my spirit because there is a constant flow and how do you stay connected to that constant flow intimacy fellowship I can't just sleep and wake up because I stay in a hospital environment and say, okay, they said I'm a child of God. I go to the morgue. Please give me seven bodies. Just like that. Give me seven bodies or don't let me be proud. Just give me three. Three bodies. So you in the name of Jesus, stand up, stand up. If it's possible, the dead can just wake up and slap me. Why? Fellowship. There is a constant flow. Fellowship. It is not by might, it is not in the number of people they are able to gather it is not by your followers on Instagram it is not by how many likes your video, your videos are getting, it is not by power it is not by your own human intellect, it is by the spirit of God, that is how you and I can make a difference after we have yielded our lives to God after we have said Lord this journey, it is you and I it is you and I. And you know, the Lord was asking me a question while I was preparing for this message. He said, what would take me, or what would take me, yes, what would take me away from him? And I said, absolutely not. And he said, are you sure? And then he reminded me of an instruction he gave. And he says, what's up? What's going on? What's, up? what's going on with that? And I said, sir, I don't know, just help me. And he says, oh, you want to come and preach about a dead life? What about you? And right there, I just went on my knees and I said, God, help me. The truth is this fear, whether you acknowledge it or not, this fear of how will it be? How will it be? How, how is it possible? God, how is it possible that I came out with a third class and you're telling me to go and apply for this job? How? The word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel. It is not by power, not by might, but by the spirit of God. And then the last point is Mm self-condemnation. We're also struggling with this one in this generation. Because you feel like, oh, I'm coming from this point. I've always been a, 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 a drug addict or a smoker, you know. I've not really been living a faithful life. So this is how far I can go with God. I don't think I am worthy enough. Your HOD will say, come and take prayers. Ah, no man, if only this man knows who I am. If only this man knows, or come and lead praise and worship you. Tell your HOD, I'm not worthy enough. Who told you? The Bible says that there is no condemnation. For anyone in Christ Jesus. So if you are hearing any voice of condemnation, it is never the voice of God. The Holy Spirit will never condemn you. Rather, it will convict you. You will feel uncomfortable. It will let you know that what you're doing is wrong. There is this restlessness you have in your spirit that you're not supposed to be in this gathering. You're not supposed to be in this place. But you will never say you're not worthy of my love. You will never say you have no meaning in this life. Go and kill yourself. That is never the voice of the Holy Spirit. So if you hear anything like that, know that that is not the Holy Spirit. Rebuke that voice and go back to the place of of fellowship. It says Mary would wait at the feet of the master. How many of us are willing to say that we we will be that generation that will wait at the feet of the master? Can I have your hands or can I see your hands? That Father God, you're not saying it to me or you're saying it to God. I will be that generation. I will be that soul, that vessel that will wait at the feet of the master. I will not lean on my own understanding. I will no longer depend on myself. But I will focus on you. I will focus on you. The Bible says that they that know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. That I will focus on you. God is looking for a generation of worshipers That are totally sold out to him. Even when it hurts. You will go to God with your tears. And you will cry to him and say, Father this thing hurts. But if you say I should go for it. I will trust you. Jesus was going to take the cross. He got to a point. He cried. He said, can this cup pass over me? But then he remembered. They said, Who for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. Where is that generation of people that want to seek God? At all costs. I want us to stand up. And just begin to commune with your father. Tell him, say, Jesus, I am here. I am here, Lord. And I submit myself to your will. I submit myself to your will. I submit myself to your will. I make a commitment to yield to you at all costs. I make a commitment to wait on you, Father. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Ghost, help us. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. As many that are willing, as many that are hungry, that desire the power of God, Father God, I pray that you will visit them in the name of Jesus. And so if you are here, like I spoke about ingenuity, do not deceive yourself. See, time is moving fast. Don't listen to the devil. You are young, you are 16, you still have time. It's a lie. I wish I am 16 again, but uh, 30 is doing like this. And just yesterday, I thought I was 16. So if you are here, you know you do not have a relationship with God you are just come, you've just been coming to church because it's Sunday, let me just go to church or oh, you have been struggling you know that where you are right now in your walk with God that's not where you ought to be you just keep struggling, you don't understand it you don't understand what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit you don't understand what it means to love God and you you are tired you just want to go forward if you are in that category please you can just you know lift up your hands you're not doing it to me You're doing it to God. And God is seeing you. If you're making that commitment to say, God, I want to know you personally for myself. Because I don't want to do life alone. Hmm. Your understanding can only take you to a particular point. Your understanding will fail you sometimes. But there is a flow. There is a flow that never stops. There is a flow that never stops and it's only those that are in Christ Jesus. Those that are connected to the lampstand in the scripture that we read that have access to that flow. Father God, we thank you. And Lord Jesus, I commit this one's unto your able ends, O God. Father God, we pray that you will indeed help us to wait on you. Help us to rely on you, God. Help us not to walk in deceits. We will not deceive ourselves, but we will be a generation of God-seekers. A generation that will not relent on pursuing after God. That when you are looking for those to use in Ilupeju, those to use in Nigeria, those to use for your glory in this world. You will look down on us. You will look down on Church 316. And you will find for yourself faithful servants. Those that have completely completely yielded to you. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, please visit www.vchurch316.org. God bless you.